Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters and we have brought in the other Peters today, Chris Peters, NHL draft and prospects analyst. Thank you so much for joining the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. We uh, a couple of quick observations here. First of all, you brought your hat a game. So thank you for yes. that. And also Petey's drinking before noon. So. Yeah, but it, I, I figured he's in a different time zone. It's noon where he is. It counts. Okay. Yeah, 1205. 12.05 yeah, right now. So I yeah, go for it. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we're, we have you here today, obviously, to talk about, you know, the Coyotes prospects or the World Juniors. Here at PHNX Coyotes, we're always looking toward the future. So this is a really great. It's all we've got. This is, this is one we, <laughs> we look forward to every few months um, to chat with you. So we're just diving right into it. You just returned from Halifax for the World Juniors. First of all, what was that like? We've heard amazing things about the tournament being set in Halifax and Moncton. What was just your experience like in Halifax last week? Wow. It felt like a World Juniors again. It felt like what mm-hmm. it's supposed to seem like. You know, I mean. I it was definitely the best environment for the World Juniors that I've I've been able to cover live. I, I used to cover it basically just off of my TV for a long time, and um, now I'm able to go and really we've had you know we had it in Vancouver where Canada got bounced. We had it in Buffalo where uh, it just did not resonate as much. The, the weather was not cooperative except for the outdoor game that was kind of fun. Um, you know we had. The, the tournament in Edmonton in a bubble and then in last summer that was I mean maybe one of the worst world juniors ever and then <laughs> uh, and then we come back to this and not only was it an amazing environment for the tournament and we're talking about buildings that were you know 10,000 spectators or less so that allowed you know for those buildings to be full and there to be a, a atmosphere and also all of this you know, just just tremendous kind of uh, exuberance for hockey and for this tournament in a junior city, um, and almost like a like like we're we have the world juniors, so we have to show the world that we're just going to go all out. And, and I think that Moncton and Halifax did, even in Moncton, where Canada was not playing, 
Moncton was was bouncing. Um, every every game U.S. played was a road game, uh, and uh, they they were always uh, the crowd was always against them, and it creates a great environment. <laughs> it, it makes it it makes it a lot of fun. Like basically, you know, Finland has probably never had the the, the level of support that they've had uh, at this tournament on Canadian soil uh, when they did against the the U.S. and then. Um, but beyond that, too, I mean, the hockey was incredible. We had great games. We had a competitive tournament. Not a single team went undefeated. We had overtime in both medal games. We had overtime in one of the two semifinals. Um, the couple of the quarterfinals went to OT. Just an unbelievable World Juniors top to bottom. And uh, it was great to be there and, and experience. Go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 I wanted to ask you this. I'm, I'm going to throw this out as a hypothetical. I've actually had people suggest that Halifax could have an NHL team. <laughs> I don't know about that. It, it, that's a tough market. It's a small market, but they certainly loved their hockey and they were hungry for hockey. Did you did you sense that, just that there was just insane passion for hockey there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think that... You know, there was there was buzz in the city in both Moncton and, and Halifax. And certainly, you know, the the Moncton owner is probably one of the richest owners in junior hockey. And I'm sure he could afford an NHL team if he wanted to. Um, his name is all over the Maritimes. But, um, yeah. you know, you can uh, you can certainly see the, the passion for the sport. Now, you know, those are markets that certainly are not, you know, major league markets in terms of population. And it's not. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not the easiest place to get to either, no. as I found out um, on the way there. Uh, but well, really, is, no place is easy to get to these days. I mean, but like. both. Yeah. Yeah. But the Canadian Maritimes as a whole, I mean, just what a beautiful mm-hmm. place in general. Um, and Halifax is a really cool city. I really like Moncton as well. Um, and I, I had never been to Halifax. I'd actually been to Moncton, oddly enough, um, but I'd never been to Halifax. And so it was a great experience. I didn't have a ton of time to like go out and experience the city, uh, but, you know, did have one night where I could uh, experience a little bit of the nightlife and maybe experience it a little too much that particular <laughs> night. But it was, uh, it was a really great, um, great city. And just, yeah, I, I think the people were just so happy and excited. And, you know, the people that I met there just really nice and, and cool and, um, really did not like anybody that wasn't Canada, um, in those games. I think they even booed the Czech goalie when he got up after being injured. That was kind of fun. Uh, oh my God. Which is, which is, which is not, which is not typical of that, of that area. But I think the passion for the, for the, for the game was that, uh, that, that's significant, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a wild experience and I, I really was glad to have had it. All right, we're going to get to the other prospects in just a minute, including that guy that scouts and GMs are drooling over. Um, But let's talk Coyotes prospects for a moment, and let's start with the two guys who made a lot of noise in this tournament. Your impressions of Logan Cooley and Dylan Gunther, who, of course, scored the golden goal. Yeah, well, let's start with Gunther just because, I mean, he had the the signature moment and just like looked almost bewildered by the fact that the game was over, um, which was amazing. Uh, Just like... Did that just happen? Okay, cool. We won. Um, that was that was great. Um, I, I think what we saw from from Gunther in, uh, over the course of the tournament certainly a very good scorer, um, a power play weapon. You know, scored both the first and the last goal of the gold medal game. Um, I think we saw kind of a lot of the things that whenever I've seen Dylan Gunther in these high level events, um, 
he's often, you know, the, the primary finisher, you know, he's a guy that finishes plays. He's not necessarily the guy that drives play. And I think as a winger, you don't necessarily have to be that. If you can be a high end finisher, you really don't have to be that. And I think that's what he was in the, in the tournament. And, and ultimately what you saw at the world juniors is what you hope he becomes as an NHL player. Um, and, and that's a guy that is a top six scorer that will produce, that will give you really good um, overall shifts and, and be an impactful player in all zones and, and particularly in the offensive half of the ice. So, so that was evident throughout the, the tournament. I don't necessarily think that we saw a player that was dominant, but we did see a player that was um, at the top tier of that tournament, you know, among the top tier players. Um, and then to switch gears to Logan Cooley, 14 points in the tournament, six most ever by an American at the world juniors. Um, and, you know, really he he had an interesting tournament because there were games where he you know he produced every single game he had points in every single game but there were also times where he just kind of faded out of the game and you didn't see him as much and that was surprising to me because I've not seen that from him very often um I think some of the defensive elements of the game still need work for him and he also needs to pick his spots better in terms of how aggressive he is sometimes I mean he wants to carry the puck into the zone all the time he wants to go one on five that's not going to work at the NHL level. It certainly didn't work at the world junior level. But when he was playing, you know, as Rand Pecknell would say, when we were playing honest and we were playing the right way, he was one of the best players on the ice. His speed is dynamic. His skills are dynamic. He's, his vision is insane. Um, he just needs to – he has so much confidence in what he can do with the puck that he sometimes puts himself into bad positions and makes bad decisions and is just – it. it it was funny because both he and Luke Hughes are the same way in that where they're like, I want the puck. I will do whatever I want with it. And you can't stop me. Unfortunately, they're not quite at the level where you can't stop me yet, but they are, they at least are, you know, they, they, they're, they're close. So that's not, I don't, I don't begrudge them for um, having that level of confidence with the puck. But, you know, I think that what, what we saw from Logan Cooley was a continuation and maybe even an acceleration of what we've seen from him at the collegiate level so far. Um, and so I think he is a special player. Um, you know, we look at the last year's draft class and who's number one from that class. You, there's a, there's a debate. I mean, obviously I had Logan Cooley as my number one guy last year, so I'm partial to him, but at the same time, you know, like there's a, there's a fairly valid argument that he's been one of the best players from that draft class so far in the very early stage. And he certainly outplayed Shane Wright in that tournament, in my, in my opinion. So there are all those different kind of debate points that we can have about these players, but I think Logan Cooley had a world juniors that was special. Um, and, and even though there were moments where he faded or where he wasn't as impactful without him, that U S team doesn't meddle. Um, at all. I mean, it doesn't come close. They were not a, they were not a great team, but they had a really good first line. They had a decent first, you know, first pairing defense. And then they had goaltending when they needed it. And, you know, I think Logan Cooley was a massive driver. He was a tournament all-star and one of USA's best three players is named by the team. So I think that says a lot about what he did at this tournament. Okay. Let's look at the other three Coyotes prospects. I'm not sure how many impressions you were able to draw. I know there's a lot to watch, right? You can't focus on every yeah. player, but any thoughts at all on Sam Lipkin, Julian Lutz, or Adam Zelinka? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about 
guys. Well, in Lutz's case, he's 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 a he was a higher draft pick. Um, it was really tough for Germany to do anything. I only got one live viewing of them at the at the actual tournament. Um, that was against the U.S. and they barely touched the puck, so it was really hard to get an, an, an impression. But I do think that he's a guy that continues to push his development. He is a long-term prospect. He is a he, there's a rawness to him. There's a skill level to him. I really like the player quite a bit. I think that he's going to be a, a good player. He's kind of he's not of that top tier next wave of German hockey, but he's in that he's part of that, you know, he's part of that next wave. Um, so, you know, when we see world championships and Olympics down the line, he's going to be a more than likely going to be a part of that group um, going forward. Uh, as far as uh, Adam Zinka, Zlinka and, uh, and Sam Lipkin. So Sam Lipkin was basically the 13th forward for team yeah. USA played on the PK. Um, I thought at five on five, he was okay. Not great. Um, PK, he did well. He played a role. He had, you know, basically his role was to be a good soldier and to understand that he was not going to play a ton of minutes. And he did that. Um, I think what he's shown at at the collegiate level this season is, is very good. Um, I think that what he was at the end at the, at the world juniors is much more in line with his long-term projection, bottom of the lineup kind of player that maybe will help you with some scoring depth and can do a couple of things. Um, so a longer term prospect again with him. And then also Adam Zlinka, same thing. I thought he played very well, actually. I liked him in this tournament in, in a in a lower lineup role as a guy that, you know, at times had to, you know, produce a little bit and had had uh, you know, not necessarily points, but just, you know, be, having productive shifts where he's, you know, challenging the other team. And I think he's done really well at the USHL level. He's another guy where it's gonna be years. It's gonna be a long time before you ever see him. But that's okay with where he was drafted and what ultimately the expectation is going to be for him. Um, Take your time. Let him develop. Let him go to college. Let him experience a lot of different things. The fact that he was on that Slovakia team, the fact that Slovakia team was a goal away from beating Canada in the quarterfinals – you know, they don't do that without good depth. And I think that that's what Zlinka was. He was good depth for that team. They couldn't have, it couldn't have been a one line team and had the success that they had. They also had great goaltending, but I mean, I I'd say that that was, you look at that tournament for the Coyotes prospects as a whole, and you, you see nothing but, you know, a success story for that group of players. Mm -hmm. And, And it just tells you more about where they're going, not necessarily where they are right now, but you know, where they're going and the three guys that were kind of at the bottom of the, you know, not the Gunther and, and Cooley guys, they are on their way. So, you know, just, they're going to just take a long time. So, you know, don't, uh, don't start penciling them in your projected rosters for a while. Chris, all eyes in the hockey world were on one player coming into this tournament. And that was team Canada's Connor Bedard. Um, they wanted to see how he would perform on this worldwide stage. My question to you is one, did he live up to the hype? And two, how does he compare to the all time greats in this tournament? Well, did he live up to the hype? Um, we couldn't, we couldn't set a bar high enough for him. <laughs> um, there was not a bar. I mean, 23 points. Let's just put this into context here. 23 points in seven games. 
didn't score in the gold medal game. Uh, so 23 points in six games. Um, and I'll tell you, so, so 23 points, it's the fourth highest total by a player ever. And he did it at 17 years old. Highest scoring, you know, you guys already know all the records. If you were following the tournament, you know all the records that he set. You know, big, best tournament by a Canadian in history, highest goals, best career scoring. Even though they're counting that canceled World Juniors, which is bizarre to me, but at the same time, I saw what he did there too. And I, I, it, that was amazing as well when he was, you know, 15 or 16 or whatever. Um, and so what we're seeing from him is uh, a genius level hockey player that is uh, a generational goal scorer who, um, did everything that you could possibly want him to do in this tournament that uh, for even off the puck, I thought he was good off the puck. He was, he was, he was battling for, for loose pucks. He was trying to engage physically. He's gotten a lot stronger in the last year. Plus, you know, a lot of people have talked about how much his lower body has, you know, just developed in the last couple of years. And it's allowed him to play more effectively because he's not a big guy and he won't be a big guy. He's not going to get a ton bigger than he is right now. Um, the one thing that I will say is that, you know, I think that there is a, 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 growing consensus that he's probably not going to be a center at the NA. Not, I shouldn't say growing consensus. There is at least the conversation starting that maybe he's not a center at the NHL level and whether or not that impacts where he's drafted. I mean, who cares that Alex Ovechkin's not a center? I mean, like that's, is he going to impact the game like he did at the world juniors? And I think the odds are that he will absolutely do that. Um, he will, he will be a, a, a significant player. Now, in terms of where he ranks among the all-time greats in this tournament, you do have to take into account that they played Austria and Germany, and he had 13 points over those two games. <laughs> Still, that leaves you know 10 more points out there that he had against everybody else. And if it was so easy to score 23 points, we would have seen it many times over, uh, but we don't. And that's because it's really difficult to do what he did. And even that German team, you know, they had some some real quality players. Um, and, and, you know, held Sweden to a goal. So it wasn't like it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to have seven points against Germany. So, uh, just a remarkable tournament overall, one for the ages. Um, and I think it's ended any and all debate about whether or not he's really going to get challenged for the first overall pick. Um, and I think it's also just continued to, you know, fortify this belief that he is having one of the greatest junior hockey seasons we've ever seen. He came back from the World Juniors and his first game had six points on a, on a Regina team that is not good. If he's not there, they're not a playoff team. They're not even in the discussion for the playoffs. And he comes back and has six points. They scored six goals in that game. So he was in on all of them. They won 6-2. Um, so there's no... There's no drop-off for him. There's never been a drop-off for him. It's only been up, 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 up. And that's we saw that again at this World Juniors. That is unbelievable to me. And, and I know that that's what we as, you know, talking about the Coyotes and the Coyotes fans, you keep hearing Connor Bedard. It's been years of Connor Bedard, yeah. and he just does what he's expected to do. And it's, the hype is real. Is he ready, Chris? I know I'm asking you for speculation in the NHL and putting it to an NHL game. You talk about his size and his points are astronomical. Is he ready? Is he ready for this and the speed of the National Hockey League? Is that jump that great or is he ready to play? I mean, I think I think the, the way he thinks the game, he's ready. I think he thinks it at an NHL level. Um, the World Juniors to me is probably in terms of overall pace, probably the next closest thing to the NHL. Um, and he was 
ahead of the pace. Not not foot speed wise. He's not a he's not a a, a burner. He is not a burner as a skater. Um, he is not you know a physical specimen by any means. But he is getting stronger. He's not afraid of anything, um, and he has one of the best shots that you will ever see a player of his age have, you know, I think Ovechkin, Matthews, those are the types of guys that we're talking about when we talk about that level of shot. Um, So I think the interesting thing is, is that as we've seen over the last couple of years, it has become very difficult for young players to come into the NHL and have an immediate impact. I think that he'll be more in the McDavid realm of readiness in terms of as soon as he's done, he's coming in and he's making an impact pretty much immediately. Um, I don't think that he's going to have a Connor McDavid level impact over the long term of his career because they're just different players. But I do think that that first year, because of his hockey intelligence, because of the fact that he'll probably be, you know, we look at some of the teams that are in the range that could get him and there are players on those teams that can support him um, as well. And so that's, you know, they're at there. These teams are at different stages in their rebuilds and you say, okay, well, if it's Chicago, do they still have Patrick Kane? If it's Columbus, they'll have Johnny Goudreau. If it's, you know, if it's Arizona, it's, it's, you know, this young core, but they're, but they're still, there's still something there where he doesn't have to be the guy immediately, you know, where it's a Clayton Keller or somebody else that can kind of carry the mail a little bit while he gets up to speed. So it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch that progression because he is not very big. He's not the fastest guy. That will be a challenge for him. He's never really faced adversity in his career. Um, He's never not scored. And I think that that'll be the true test is what happens if, and when, the goals stop for a little while. What else does he do? What else can he do? But I, I think those are the growing pains that you're willing to live with because he is destroying the WHL right now. I mean, we're talking the highest point per game total in 30 years in that league. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that is what we're and, – and again, we're including the guys that were 20 when they were putting up 200 points <laughs> in, in the WHL. And he's 17 and won't turn 18 until July. I mean, That's so there, we, we, we are running out of ways to explain what he's doing. <sighs> and that's that's why, yeah, you know, he's, he's probably <laughs> going to be there. We're just sitting day. here counting lottery balls. We're bringing yeah. out our rabbit's foot. Like, Chris, this is it. And you just intensified that now. We, the Arizona- we cheer for the Coyotes to lose because of Connor <laughs> yeah. Bedard. The franchise I, needs I, this. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, like any team – that is towards the bottom of the league. If they are not trying to lose, they are screwing up massively. <laughs> like, I mean, start trading anyone that helps you. <laughs> like, Let's play this, this point, clip like on our post game show when <laughs> yes. people in the comments are yeah. saying it's great when it's they okay. win. It's we're, okay. We're close. Well, yeah. I'm, no. I'm cutting that. No. I'm cutting that, and I'm playing it every Trust time. Me, there, there are scouting directors out there, you know, because they don't have they don't deal with the the current NHL roster. That are silently fist pumping every time their team leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Other than Bedard, and this is, we have to be a little bit realistic because there's a chance the Coyotes don't draft number one overall. There's a very good chance, in fact. Other yep, draft eligible. <laughs> um, any other draft eligible players in this tournament or just, you know, in your periphery right now that jump out at you? Um, obviously, you know, we've talked about Fantilli and Carlson, but just maybe in the tournament, who jumped out at you other than Connor Bedard? 
Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I think it's you got to talk about Fantilli and Carlson just because those are the guys that are kind of the consolation prizes, right? Um, I think Adam Fantilli, he had a tough start to the tournament, and then he had to rebuild a little bit. He had to get back to, um, uh, you know, kind of get the trust back of the coaching staff. The last two games he played in were the best two games he played at the World Juniors. So he had a goal against the U.S. that eventually was the game winner, had a tremendous, was great in the gold medal game. He was a two-way force. His speed, his strength, his competitiveness, his physicality. Like, if you are not going to get Connor Bedard, you can still get a major franchise building block in Adam Fantilli. And what he's done at Michigan this year is kind of in that Jack Eichel range of, of special of, of what they've done as, as a freshman. Um, and so he had, you know, he got sick earlier in the year, then he had time away for the world juniors. So he's going to have to ramp back up here for Michigan, but if he keeps doing what he was doing, there's no question in my mind, he's number two with a, you know, lock it in now. Cause I think he has all of the tools to make himself a really good player. Leo Carlson has size. He has skill. He has intelligence. Um, and he's a competitor, and I think he's just a player that really knows what he needs to do and how he needs to do it. The one problem with him is he's not very fast. And so, you know, that lack of skating ability is the one concern that I have for him being able to stay at the pace of the NHL and have the same level of impact as what you would want out of a top five pick. But to me, he's he's ascended into that number three range. I think that he's surpassing Matt Vemichkov. Um, just because of his size, his strength, his his how he uses his body and how he's able to create offense, that's he's got NHL tools in that regard. Um, in terms of other guys that jumped out, I mean, when you're looking kind of later in the first round, we're talking about guys like Charlie Stramel, Gavin Brindley. They were both solid for the U.S. Dalibor Dvorsky will be like a mid first round pick. Was really good for Slovakia on both sides, even though he didn't score a ton. We expect him to produce. He 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 outproduced Mitchkov or had the same level of production as Mitchkov at his 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 Holinka Gretzky as an underager, and we were all like, oh, and and he hasn't really that that offense hasn't necessarily continued um but he's a really good player uh edward shala who played on the top line for czechia as a as a draft eligible really like that player good size good competitiveness highly intelligent um those are good players and then you know there were some goalies too you look at uh adam guyan for for slovakia and he nearly beat canada with 50 plus saves uh, against Canada. And that was a guy that nobody had on their radar. And suddenly it's like, is he a top two round pick? Like, and he might be. Um, that's how that's how it can happen sometimes because you look, go back and look at the rest of what is his body of work and it's pretty darn good. And so you're like, oh, okay, well, this guy's actually pretty interesting. So top potential top two round pick as a goaltender out of nowhere, you look at Peter Kochetkov for Carolina right now, same thing, came out of nowhere, massive world juniors, top two round pick NHL player within three years. So, you know, pretty, pretty solid uh, track record there. And maybe Guyon is in the same way, but that's, that's suddenly he's one of those guys that we're talking about, but, um, and then also Axel Sandin Pelica, who was the, he basically became Sweden's number one defenseman. Wasn't going to be on that team, uh, but they had injuries they bring him in as an underager, never played in the under 18 worlds as an underager, but plays in the world juniors as an underager. Massive performance from him. He was on their number one power play unit. He did everything well 
at that tournament. And now all of a sudden we're talking about him as a potential top 20 pick as well. So those are the types of guys that, you know, you were able to see at the world juniors and, and really, you know, get excited about. Okay. With, with all that in mind, Chris, and our viewers aren't going to want to hear this, but if the coyotes do not draft in the top three, what is that next group of players? Who, who, who's in the four to eight range that the coyotes are probably looking at? Yeah, well, I mean, you still would have Matt Vamichkov in there, and I think that he's probably the most transformational player available in that range because he is a highly intelligent player. He's been loaned out to Sochi, um, you know, but that's, again, that's a guy you're waiting at least three years for. And, and so you're like, oh, you know, do I have that level of patience? Do we as a franchise feel he'll come at that time? Will things with Russia be settled? Will he, you know, what 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 is actually going to happen? Um, there are a lot of questions about that. But then in that next group, you talk about guys like Will Smith at the National Team Development Program, Mm -hmm. kind of a Trevor Zegras style, you know, doesn't have the bravado of Trevor Zegras, but has a little bit of that showmanship in him, high-end vision, really good hockey sense, one of the most dynamic players in the draft outside of that top four guys that we talked about. Um, Having a massive season at the under-18 program, points in almost every single game he's played this season. And that includes against college teams. And, and that's massive. I personally, he, he got sick at world junior camp and, and they ended up cutting him. I personally would have done whatever I had to do to get him on my team and waited for him to get healthy. But I, I just think he would have added a, a dynamic element that they needed beyond their first line. So he's another guy to keep track of. And then after that, it's a wide range of players and there's not a ton of consensus. I think Will Smith is ascended into that top five. Like this is a guy we got to talk about as okay. a top five pick. But beyond that, it, you know, we're talking about, okay, well, is it Braden Yeager? Is it Zach Benson? We're talking about under undersized, um, you know, not amazing skaters, you know, what, what ultimately is their impact at the NHL level? We're not seeing a ton of defensemen. You know, yeah. that's the other thing. David Reinbacher is probably the number one defenseman, um, played for Austria at the World Juniors. You know, Austria really never had the puck. So you only would notice him in games against Germany and Latvia. But when you did, you're like, oh, this guy's the best player on the ice by like a large margin um, against those players. Kind of feel, felt he's having kind of like a Moritz Sider kind of season where it's like is it for real can we trust what he's doing because he's actually had the highest scoring season for an under 18 player uh, or a draft eligible player in the swiss national league which is where he plays regularly um so has outproduced guys like roman yossi um and you know guys that were at that age so Mm. really impressive from him but you know we've talked a lot about this draft class and how great it is, but it's really focused on that top of the draft. Once you get beyond that top five, top seven, top eight, it starts to even out and look like a more like your typical first round where it's not overly special. There are certainly guys like you look at Andrew Crystal in, in, in Kelowna, you know, he's he's been a, a top scorer. He's the second leading scorer in the WHL behind Bedard as a draft eligible but again, undersized, not an amazing skater. You know, it's like there there are few, far fewer guys that you feel real comfortable with if you get outside of that range. So that is why I am certainly team tank if you can or if you, <laughs> you know, if you're in the range. Um, and I think it sucks for your franchise and it sucks for your fans to lose so many games. 
but it sure doesn't suck on draft lottery night. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. All right. We're going to ask you one last question before we let you go here. And we're going to drop down a level because we also have a, a college hockey program here at Arizona state. When you look at the top recruits that colleges are eyeing, who are some of the guys on that list? Some of the guys that ASU might finally be in the conversation with because they finally have something other than uh, a dump community high street to play in. Yeah. It, well, there's certainly the building is going to help a lot. Um, you know, we've talked about before, you know, on, on my own podcast, we talked about the importance of, of getting into a conference being like kind of that next step for Arizona state to, to do it. And, you know, it's going to be interesting in terms of the next wave. Most of the guys are spoken for um, and, and are not committed to Arizona state at this point. Um, so, you know, we're talking about the, the top uncommitted player right now is James Hagens. There's a large belief that he will, commit where his brother is committed to, which is Harvard. Um, but he is, you know, potentially a top, he's a top pick candidate for number one, you know, in 2025, he's currently at the national team development program and he's, he'll be, uh, uh, an over or uh, a late birth date. So that's why he's in 2025, but he's probably the top uncommitted player. Most of the other guys, at the national team development program, Cole Iserman, um, you know, Macklin Celebrini, who's at the Chicago steel top Canadian that's going the college route. Those are uh, uh, Iserman committed to Minnesota, uh, Macklin Celebrini committed to Boston University. That those programs are still getting the elite of the elite players, and you don't have to get the elite of the elite, but you have to get better than the net. You have to get some of the guys in that next tier, and that's going to be the next bridge that Arizona State has to cross. And I can't tell you definitively like who the next guys are that will be there because again, most of them are already committed in the next class. And then I'm not looking at the 14 year olds and the 15 year olds as much, um, you know, to, to, to have a real good feel for it, but that's, you know, getting those players consistently, but still getting, you know, the next guys that are going to be there for four years. You know, I think that the transfer portal is going to continue to be the place where Arizona state has the most success in terms of attracting top end talent guys like Robert Mastro Simone, you know, other players like that, that, that can come in, that have experience that, you know, have been in a part of another program, have been part of those different cultures and you bring them in and you try to make it part of, it's not a good, it's not good for long-term success uh, or sustained success, but it is kind of that stopgap until you do start bringing in those top level blue chip recruits, you know, like Josh Doan was a big pull. That was a big pull and he's been a good player for them. You need to have three, four, five, six of those guys before you're really a competitive team. Well, Chris, we can't thank you enough for your time. Your knowledge is is mind-blowing, and we'll definitely be <laughs> calling upon you again as we get closer to the draft, and hopefully we'll get a better sense of where the Coyotes will be picking. And after this conversation, I'm hoping it's number yeah. one, two, yeah, or no three. Well, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, pick Top four pick and you're all right. You feel all right, okay. That, that's good yeah. to know. That's good to know. Well, four we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you joining us so much. And thanks again. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. See you down thanks, the road, Chris. Chris. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much to Chris Peters. Wow. His knowledge yeah. is unreal. Um, lots to talk about with what he had to say here in a second. But, you know, we're a few months away from the draft lottery, so we don't really know what's going to happen yet. But something we are very close to is our PHNX Tea Party in 48 hours very soon just in a couple days Um, catch us at the heater catch us at the cornhole game we'll be there (laughs) um it's gonna it's gonna be a blast i said last night if you were on our watching our post game show 
There's going to be so many of our partners out there. Mountain Mike's Pizza, Chop Shop, Four Peaks, OGs, giving away, just giving you free stuff. stuff. Just giving you free stuff. Um, Not only that, we're going to be playing golf. We're going to be playing games, contests, prizes, giveaways. The whole PHNX crew will be there. PHNX Suns will be doing a pre- and post-game show. We'll have the Suns game on massive screens. It's going to be a fabulous event. We hope you join us. It's $36 a person. Today is the last day to get your tickets. So if you're listening or watching on Wednesday, you have to get them today. $36 per person, $120 for a foursome. And bring your kids. If they're 10 and under, they play free at the Free Youth Clinic. So it's going to be a blast. Join us this Friday at Dobson Ranch Golf Course. Uh, 5.30 p.m. This event's presented by Four Peaks. Check the link in the description to get your spot right now. And uh, as far as the DraftKings Sportsbook app, we can't, again, predict who's going to be drafted maybe second, third, fourth overall. I think Connor Bedard would be like minus 1,000 yeah. at this point to go yeah, first buddy. at the very least. Um, but should be interesting to see how things shake out here and i'm right now i'm not putting my money on arizona to win the draft lottery but <laughs> they, that's they're enough. in fourth now they're in the fourth position they are moving they're very moving. key loss to the sharks last yes night. um but plenty of other ways to make money on DraftKings. in the meantime right now all new and existing customers can get a no sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend which is great because usually our promos are for new customers but this is for new and existing um, just place any nfl bet of your choice and if it loses you'll get a free bet back up to 10 dollars which is awesome download the DraftKings sportsbook app use code phnx new customers can bet five dollars on the nfl and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly only a DraftKings sportsbook with code phnx minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see those show notes for details and i'm putting everybody on the spot um but shane's probably ready I need a DraftKings pick of the week. Oh, let's go to Shane. Who has one? Let's, a, let's bring Shane. in our betting guru. It's Shane on the on the mic. All right. I saw this line on, hmm, like, I think it was the day after all of the, so let me, I think Monday I saw this line for Wild Card Weekend. The Chargers are only one-point favorites against Trevor Lawrence and the mm. Jags. And I bet this immediately. Um, I would get it before it moves up. I think Trevor Lawrence is playing. It's minus two right now because I'm going to put it. I'm like, <laughs> he's, he's Chargers. Ready. He has yep. the draft. I, I still love open. it. Give me the, Char- the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers minus two now. Chargers um, to hit it. Tra- Trevor Lawrence has been playing great. The team is just too young. It's been far too long for Justin Herbert not to win a playoff game. Okay, hammered it. Give me Justin Herbert. Wow, live on the hammered show. Hammered the Chargers live on the show. That's bets. how easy it is. That's Shane's uh, DraftKings source of a quick of the week. Thank you. We, we, we're really calling in the experts for this one. He's on yeah. a heater. Um, and tune in to PHNX Best Daily right after our show. And Pete's PHNX. not just saying that. I mean, start off 2023. Your boy's on fire. <laughs> he's, he's on a it's heater. It's like so 11 I straight pop profit. Literally did what he said. Did what he said. Wow. But he you. picks. I, I will say this, and, and I know we've got to go because that was whatever but he picks some of the weirdest shit like he picks teams like literally and i'm not college basketball teams didn't know had universities not just didn't know they had basketball didn't know there were schools in these towns and he's yeah i picked this team over this team because of what like never heard of this stuff nails it heater you know who quinnipiac is come on Uh, quinnipiac i know but that basketball game we had on oh right right state oh right state wagon white state wait so anyway yeah I'm going with the Deef and Lock. All right. I love my it. My money's on the church. Sorry there to interrupt. Is. Love it. Go back to doing the show. All right. Well, that's our pick for this week. Um, let's talk about 
chatting with Chris Peters. I'll give my takeaway, then I'll ask you for yours. Mine is the Coyotes have to pick in the top three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been saying that. But like, it's I, nice to get some validation from mm-hmm. an expert. And he did say, look, top four, you're fine because Mitchkov's there and Mitchkov is a, a special player. The problem I have with Mitchkov is the current makeup of the Coyotes. They got enough small guys. And, and listen, Connor Bedard is not a big guy, but when you have that kind of talent, okay, it, it's intriguing to to hear the recent talk that he may not be a center in the NHL because, like, okay, then what are the guy he's doing in, in the middle? Logan is he on, Cooley. Yeah, well, Logan Cooley in the middle. Logan with, Cooley, with, Gunther, and Bedard. Yeah, okay, I'm okay with that top line. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> but Where's it's interesting, right? Because he's, he's been pegged as a center for yeah. his entire career and suddenly the and you don't know how real that is right you, you got you can't you don't know until you see it it could have been two scouts sitting at a bar going gosh he'd be better on the wing yeah. like literally like just not if chris peters is saying it no but he's just saying they're talking about it yeah like, there's there's some it, talk it's some, yeah. again some talk means it's a size related issue for sure yeah and then you got to look at some of these top teams who have top high-end centers and where does he fit you've got you've got to play Connor Bedard in your top six but does he he's not playing ahead of mcdavid if it goes, well, you know they're not I'm getting the pick. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the teams at the bottom that need this kind of position, right? But, he's playing in the middle of the ice if he's a coyote. But, I mean, listen, there, there are guys who are who impact the game yes. from the wing without question. For sure. And, I mean, look at what Patrick Kane did, right? Does it matter that he's not a center? No. He still controls play. He still carries the puck through the neutral zone. I don't care he if he's is playing play defense, Craig. Like, get him on the goddamn team. He can play <laughs> yeah. net half the game. Like, get him here. I, I think it's so critical for this franchise to get Connor Bedard now more than ever after you've seen what he's doing in the WHL and what he's doing at the World Juniors, they need this player. They have never had that player. Never the, had it. The, they the, need that player. They had Keith Kachuk, who was an entirely different type of player, yeah. a power forward. They have never had this kind of skill player in their entire ever. Valley ever. history. You want to sell out the brand new arena? You want yeah. to have someone's face plastered on their side? Yes. This can is I, your guy. Can I throw one other thought? Instead of Logan Cooley centering the first line, I mean, just put Austin Matthews there. With with Connor Bedard and Dylan Gunther, Logan Cooley can center the second line. Love sure, it. we you know with Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller. Love I'm fine it. with that. Let's go! Wow, I, I'm I'm full tinfoil hat on Austin Matthews. By the way, <laughs> let's go. And let's you know go. what? I'm like, we've been so negative about the draft lottery. I'm ready to be full tinfoil hat, and I might get my hopes and green dreams crushed here um, on Gary pushing the lottery in the Coyotes' favor. It's time. So Gary. we're gonna have to get. We're gonna have to be prepared that if the ball doesn't come up and we're two or three, that we're gonna be okay. And I know today I'm not feeling that, but we got to be okay with two and yeah. three. Well, like okay. Adam Fantilli or okay. Leo Carlson. Leo Carlson, okay. the, the skating concerns. But what they're if they're there? The only but, thing, Craig. What if Bedard goes to Chicago and we're all like, oh. damn it, the Blackhawks again? Yeah. Um, that that is the one thing that will make me vomit. Yes. I, during the show last night, during the post game show last night. When you talked about Tankathon, I was like, I'm going to go on Tankathon. It actually crashed my internet for a second because I did it so many times. <laughs> Coyotes got the first pick three times in a row. I'm telling you. You Craig, need to go to the draft then because and, and keep me the hell away from it because Craig, I've run I've, like 35 Sims and they've never picked first. But I've gotten first like she three times it. too. Not in a row. It's every See? other time. But the the problem is I keep getting fifth the other time. So just need to get a little bit lower yeah. and then I'll feel better about like the one, two, three situation. Like how they finished last year. They weren't picking past three, but of course they got three. I, um, I want to reiterate also just to say this about Chris, what I said in my tweet right before the show. A lot of people tout themselves as draft experts. They watch video or whatever. You're not an expert if you're just watching video. Hey. He's there at the games. 
You're at the games, the too. Game. You were at the games. Come on. You were <laughs> on the team. He's at the games. He's around the teams. Yes, I'm he's, sorry. he's around the scouts. He's around the executives. He's doing research. Yes. Chris Peters is is what I legit. call an expert. Yeah, yep. he's legit. And we saw today the the depth of knowledge it's that he has on all these players. Just it it just astounds me that he can yeah. that that's just coming off the top of your head. And that's that gives you honestly gives me some comfort in that. Okay, there's he says these guys are okay. Leo Carlson, great things to say about Leo Carlson. And, and it's funny because Leo Leo Carlson, the one thing he said might be a drawback is his skating. And you've heard that about players that are 16, 17 before, mm-hmm. that by the time they're 19 and 20, they've, I mean, they're not going to be kind of McDavid skaters by no. nature, but it, but it is a skill that they can work on and improve on yeah. by that Unlike time. Unlike hockey sense, hockey which is something sense you can't really ingrained. teach. But then you also think, and I'm not saying he's, the comparison is there, but you also think Dylan Strom. Dylan Strom. That was always yeah. a concern with his game, and boy, did it show up when yep. he hit the NHL. Yep. No, yeah, and that's fair. You just you just know that if it's not one, that Fantilli and Carlson are there, and even Mitchkov to some extent, because you can say, oh, you got to wait for three years. Minnesota waited, and they've got Kirill the Thrill. Yeah. Kaprizov, and you look at that, it was a player they had to wait for. They had to get out of Russia, and he is their all-star and their best player on their team. So... I know Mitchkov isn't the ideal player and the ideal fit right now. We talk about size issues there too, but he's still one of those elite players. So there are, and there is hope beyond Connor Bedard. Having said that, <laughs> let's get Connor Bedard. Yeah. If you Please. get him, it just changes your franchise. Yeah. It changes your franchise. There we go. Yep. Show's um, over. This franchise needs changes. I have two more takeaways from talking with Chris. One is just getting the name Will Smith on our radar. I Thank think. you. That, well, first of all, was it Will Smith? Like, I know. Like, isn't he a catcher for the Dodgers? Isn't yeah. he yeah, an actor? Like an actor, <laughs> an actor, an actor who punched somebody on stage is what I think. Slap, slap. Yeah, slapped. let's not okay. spin it. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Um, so this, yeah. But just getting another name in the mix, um, and, and kind of you know Chris establishing him, like he's yes. definitely a top five fifth. He'll pick be on my radar if, now. Where the Coyotes have been as of late, it's it's that one through five range. So now I think with confidence at this point in January, obviously things change as the junior seasons go on. But we can confidently say we're aware of the top five names to to watch. Um, the other thing that he said that I just thought was another, a nice little refreshing moment was, and I forgot about this, but I remember now that Chris Peters had Logan Cooley as his number one. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe they're still it's still up in the air whether or not that's true. Maybe we won't know that for many, many years. But just like a nice little reminder that maybe the Coyotes did get the best player in the draft last year. And, you know, this year, obviously, consensus number one, Connor Bedard, no question. But last year was a little bit more of a mixed bag. We really didn't know. So for the Coyotes, maybe to have the best player of the 2022 draft, that's kind of a nice little feeling if if it, if it comes to fruition. Yeah, no doubt about it. You need you need elite players. You need elite yep. players. Yep. Yep. So listen, Connor Bedard, I'm speaking to you directly. <laughs> when you get your place here in Arizona, I will take you furniture shopping myself because I got I got the place. It's more furniture. Um, and I will and, you know, maybe an 18 year old guy doesn't have I don't want to make a generalization. I'll just help him with, you know, picking out some nice furniture that matches and just trust me. I got you, Connor. I'll send you the link morefurniture.com. I'm going to send it to you now so you can plan ahead. Um, it's the best place to get your furniture in the Valley. Check out more. Um, they hooked us up in our office. Obviously these chairs are from more unbelievable. So save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. And I wish we could have done 
the Pick'em game for the World Juniors on Underdog Fantasy. I, I would have just taken the higher on everything, Bedard. Right. right. Anytime Anything. Canada played because like, Bedard's higher, on the ice. Higher, higher, So um, I, we love Underdog Fantasy here. It's so much fun. It's such a fun way to watch sports. It just is. Um, playing the Pick'em game, higher or lower on player point totals, that's it. The more you add, the more money you can win. It's that simple. Plus, you can do daily fantasy, which is a lot of fun as well um, against your friends, against strangers and small groups and big groups. It, it just it's super, super fun. You can put down like three dollars. It, it's really not a big deal. Um, but if you sign up right now with the code PHNX underdog will match your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. So you might as well do that. So then you basically have a hundred dollars of extra money that you can play with. It's it's just a blast. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, sign up with the code PHNX and underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. All right, you guys, uh, Coyotes back, back at it again tomorrow night against yeah, the Ottawa Senators. And when we're looking at the draft lottery, um, they've, they've dropped a bit now. As I, as I mentioned, they're in the fourth position after losing to the Sharks and third is not far away. Third is not far away. I just there. got first. What's that? Did I just you? got first on Tankathon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do proof. it right now. So I see. in this stretch of games that they're playing, 15 Twice. games. Again, 15 games in 26 days. I got They're this. in the early portion of this. We know they have to go to Winnipeg and Minnesota for a back-to-back in the middle of this. This, Pete, you said it all along. There's, there's going to come a stretch where they're going to drop a bunch of games in a row. Feels like we're in it right now. Uh, it's tough on the players, obviously. But in terms of what we were just talking about with Chris Peters, this could really, really get them within range. Again, you don't have to be in the worst spot to get the number one overall pick. It's almost 50-50 with how it's happened in the yeah. past. So it's not a guarantee to the Blackhawks. I got it. You you got it too. You On guys, the sixth try. You guys after, need to go. After they got fifth, sixth, fifth, oh, okay. sixth, fifth, sixth, fourth, first. I got it twice on the first two tries. And then I got like fifth, fourth, fifth. And then on the last one I did, Florida got it for, from a 3.5% chance wow. from the, I believe, Montreal. Or so anything can happen. Anything can happen. <laughs> the, in the key draft with this lottery. team, and we've talked about this for the first 40 games, is they've been competitive in some of these games early because of Karel Vamelka held them in it, made unbelievable saves, above 35 to 40 saves per game. If he's not this elite, this is a team we're talking about near the bottom with Chicago. Period. No question. Now we can yep. talk about their fight and they don't give up and they work really hard. Let's face it. Goaltending is giving them five wins at least to where they are now. And right now, Karel Vamelka is not playing like he did earlier in the season. So while he is playing like this, giving up six, five, four goals per game, they are going to lose more hockey games. And it's that time of year. We've said that losing breeds, losing, you're tired. They get behind the eight ball and you go, oh, shit, here we go again. And I think this is a stretch right now. They have a lot of games and a lot of days. By the end of January, when the dust clears, this team may be closer to the bottom. Yeah, we we're were saying have a really good read playoffs then. three weeks ago. Yep. Well, February 1st, we're going to say maybe not. Yeah, yeah, the All-Star break, like American Thanksgiving, is kind of another good checkpoint. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kenny said no, no walking and talking. Yeah, we'll be enough. at the 50-game mark at that point, yep. and we will have a really good read on their chances for the draft ladder. The other thing I wanted to say is if it ends up being Will Smith from – you know, the NTDP men in black, we can sit down together and have a conversation about what it's like not to be the most famous person with your name. <laughs> Craig can relate. Craig has more country. Country singer. Craig not has even in the top four either. Probably not. No, wow. cause there's an attorney now who's made, made headlines. I think I recently. might be the only Leah Merrill. 
You you could be the I'm most guessing you're Leonardo. not the only Steve Peters. Yeah, really? Yeah, no. There's a pitcher for the Cardinals <laughs> named Steve Peters, by the way. There's a baseball yeah, director. Shane Diefenbach, I yeah, Shane Diefenbach. Yeah, so not, you. you might be the most famous. <laughs> and that's even up for debate. Um, I want to give a shout out to Michael Carcone in Tucson, who was just named to the AHL All-Star team, which is February 5th and 6th in Laval, Quebec. So good luck getting to Quebec, Michael. But um, <laughs> You know what else is cool about Michael going back? I, I know he didn't want to go back to the AHL, obviously. He wants to be in the AHL. He's on track to set the single season points record for for the Tucson Roadrunners, and now he's got a chance to do it. It'll be a really cool feather in his it, cap. It if really he would. Did that. And, and right now, he leads the AHL in scoring with 18 goals, 27 assists, 45 points in 28 games. Um, that's unreal. He also Crazy. leads the AHL with 11 power play goals and 25 power play points. So, to, I mean, the American Hockey League—that's the feeder league to the NHL. For him to be leading all categories is an unbelievable achievement. Yeah. And you know, I, I hope he continues to grow down there, you know, maybe set all these records and, and gain that confidence and maybe come up here like much like a Connor Garland, Michael Bunting, Matias Michelli vibe. You know, we, we saw what he could do here. He was here for a few games, but um, I'm with you. Let's let's set these records and then maybe he can crack the lineup next season. You never know. So exciting stuff. Um Coyotes games, lots of them at home here <laughs> in the coming, especially Tuesdays and Thursdays. Check those out. Um, and if you want to grab tickets to those, check out Game Time. It's the best place to buy, especially when you wait last minute, including like waiting if you're a real big procrastinator, like the hour before, <laughs> if you can stomach it, like the the prices just plummet. Um, and check out Game Time. It you can save up to sixty percent. But when you buy last minute, you can also buy your parking pass on Game Time. All sorts of stuff, not just for sporting events, but concerts and shows as well. So. Check out the link below in our description. Uh, it's the best way to support us. You guys have a story coming on gophnext.com. Both Allegedly. Of you. Allegedly. Um, for diehards only. Are we you going to can you say what it's about? Yeah, we're going to dive into what Jacob Chikrin has been doing so well since he came back. That's a PD and I sat down with him yesterday at the morning skate and had a good chat about a lot of things. We 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 spoke to Andre Turigny as well and Petey will create his amazing graphics yeah, and uh, in the in the midst of creating them, actually. Um, so we'll have that up sometime in the morning. You can look for that. Yeah, check that out. You have to be a diehard to have access to that one. Um, all of the there are there's weekly diehard only stories. Most of the stuff is free, but tons of perks to becoming a diehard free shirt or hat every year at sign up 20% off on merchandise and events, special merchandise just for diehards, as well as access to our diehard discord where we have a lot of fun talking hockey all day every day so join us there uh, become a diehard <clears throat> check out gophnx.com slash diehard to join the family all right guys anything else before we uh head just out? one quick thought on what he said about asu that was interesting to me you know you we, we've heard a lot of talk about the arena having an impact on recruiting and it <laughs> probably will down the road but it's interesting to hear that you know, Chris Peters at least thinks the 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 top guys are off the board already. ASU is not landing one of you know some of the top guys, the elite guys that they need to take that next step. So it's going to be interesting in the coming seasons to see what ASU can get done on the recruiting trail. College hockey is going to add another paid assistant next season. I'm curious what ASU might do with it. Whether it's you know adding more of an X's and O's guys on the bench, if it's adding a goalie coach or if it's adding somebody who can get out of the recruiting trail and land that level of recruit yeah. because you don't win without those guys. We saw the Minnesota line when they came here. That's the kind of talent you need to yeah. win yeah. a national championship. Yeah. yeah, when he said, like, you need six or seven Josh Stones. Yeah. Like, that was kind yeah. of a, uh -oh. a sobering moment. Yeah. But but we saw what 
the, the AOC lineup did last season. They they you know played well. Maybe haven't quite lived up to expectations, but this season. But if they can do it next year, if they can make a tournament run, maybe it's so important. It, yeah. it, it becomes Visibility. more of an attractive destination. And I mean, if you can just get them here. How can you say no to this arena, this campus? It's coming. It's coming with the new building. It's coming. It's yeah. coming. Yeah, it they're, is. They're, it, it takes time. Yeah, it takes it time to build. To and there's build established that. programs that are fighting to get into this tournament too that have been around in Division One hockey a heck of a lot longer than ASU yeah. has. Yep. yep, it's gotten a hell of a lot more competitive, yep. no doubt. Yep, definitely. Well, we appreciate Chris Peters once again for joining us. Hopefully, we'll chat with him. Um, oh, we will after the draft lottery too. <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll hopefully revisit all of our. Ex- draft experts. Our lineup. Like our lineup. Uh, Craig Button, Chris Peters, Corey Promen, maybe and the great Bob McKenzie. The Bob father once again. Uh, that would be amazing. Um, but in the meantime, subscribe to PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you never miss when we go live. You can also follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms. Subscribe to our audio channel wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review while you're at it. Really means a lot to us. And then you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Ali Merrill. He's at Craig S. Morgan, not Craig Morgan, the country singer. Um, at S. Peters Hockey, not to be confused with probably another S. Peters. He's at Shane Deef, not to be confused with anybody else. And our show is at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We'll be back again live tomorrow after the Ottawa Senators Coyotes games on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. But until then, enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.